Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Welcome, VP family. It is Monday, November 8th. And this is Kim Hauer, and I am here with Susan Weingarten. She is my guest this week. So welcome, Susan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yay. Um, so if you would be kind enough to share a little bit about yourself um, so that those who don't know you may get to know you this week. Sure. Um, well, I'm Susan Weingarten. I'm married to Keith, who was just on a couple weeks ago. Um, I have three kids, which my husband already said, but I guess that's okay. Um, I like to hike and spend time outside. Um, I, we do a lot of uh, vacationing up north and just kind of having fun together as a family and outside. Yay. So do you work at all outside the home? I do, actually. Um, I clean houses and I also help Keith uh, with his books, his business books um, for Maple Bay Builders. So. Yes. I remember him saying that on the podcast and I remember thinking, hey, that's kind of like Dan and I. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I do it a little bit more regularly, but I know what that's like to have the, to be the backup position yeah. on uh, running the business side of things as far as paperwork goes. So we share that in common. I thought that's kind of cool. Yeah. So not the cleaning houses thing because... I don't clean my own house very well. Yeah, I'm not sure. My mom always says that I got blessed with that gene. I, I don't know if, if blessed is the right <laughs> word, but I don't hate doing it. So, yeah. So um, I would walk into your home probably and be like, oh, man, I so let my family down <laughs> with my messy home. But I have a gracious family. So I guess God gives us the uh, gracious family for those of us who don't like to clean. And it sounds like Keith, from when he was on the podcast, really appreciates your organization and I think maybe a little bit of that cleanliness uh, OCD aspect as I would call it um, because I don't have it. Yeah <laughs> so, I, I've, I've been called OCD before. It's, yeah. it's happened a time or two. Yeah well <laughs> and it's great that Keith appreciates that about you For it sure. seems like so I, um, I enjoyed hearing that. So all right well thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. You we bet. are going to jump into the scripture today which is 1 Samuel 1, verses 4 through 20. Um, and as I usually do, I'm going to read that out of the New Living Translation, and then we'll have some discussion on it. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Then we go to Hannah's prayer for a son. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish 
crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but not hearing but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk? he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am wicked, a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. So it's kind of a long one, um, a lot in there. What was something that stood out to you when you read this and focused um, on it? Well, I read it from the NIV, which was similar to the NLT, but a few different uh, words. Um, in 1 verse 5, she said, or it said that he gives a double portion to her of the meat. Um, and I thought that that just showed his kindness and his favor to her. Um, and it seemed that he has empathy for her in her situation that, you know, she can't have any children or the Lord closed her womb is what my version said. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was the first thing that stuck stuck out to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of the things I noticed, um, although I had to reread it a few times um, and maybe do a little bit more study on it because it almost like when he speaks up to her, like, why aren't you eating? Don't be downhearted, like you silly woman. Um, and am I not good enough for you? I kind of felt like he had almost a, I don't know, um, not really condescending, but kind of like, you know, get up, brush off yeah. the dirt kind of thing. Like, get over it. You know, it's true. You're not having children. Um, but in some of the study, it they didn't have that sense at all. So I thought, well, I must just be reading it well, kind think, of in the wrong light. Yeah. Um, and I think the point that you made about him giving her a double portion or the choice portion, as mine said, um, showed his love for Hannah. Um, and I think in one of the things I was reading about kind of the relationship, um, you know, it's it's possible that Hannah was his first wife, um, but then because she couldn't have children, and of course fertility is huge for in Bible times, um, maybe took a second wife so that he could have children and, you know, his name could continue. Um, and I just thought, well, that's kind of cool, though, that if that's his first love, um, he treats her with a lot of respect and like, it's okay that you 
don't bear me children. You know, I still love you mm-hmm. and I still value you. Um, so I think maybe it was more his speaking to her was more in line with um, maybe calling her into question a little bit as to how dramatic she was being about the situation, but yet lovingly doing so, you mm-hmm. know, letting her know that well, you're no. my number one. <laughs> And, and I think the longing in her heart was to have babies too, or to have right. a son, not babies, but. Right. Um, and like you said, back in Bible times, that was so, so important. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was reading somewhere too, you know, I mean, fertility was a sign of blessing from God. Um, so if you didn't have children as a woman, like it almost made you, um, there was a shame in that, you know, like you you weren't worthy of the blessing of a child. Um, and here God did it, obviously, with a purpose, as we find out, you know, then miraculously, you know, if her womb was closed, God opened that up for her. Um, so it was kind of a, besides just the miracle of birth, of course, but um, once not able to have children, and now she is and has a child. Um, So I thought that was kind of a cool um, God response, obviously, to her persistent plea and cry and weeping. Um, Um, Another thing that I had noticed, too, not to move on from that, but um, how she was praying in her heart and Eli misunderstood her, you know, and he thought she was drunk. And, you know, I think that a woman that's praying so hard, you know, we can maybe kind of not look drunk really, but just have that, you know, we're praying and we're so intent on what we're doing that maybe we look like we're doing something other than what we are. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And how quickly Eli, um, what I wrote was assumed one thing and accused of that. Um, of course, then he takes it back as she explains, yeah, I, yeah, you know, and defends herself. But, um, yeah, sometimes I think how quickly I can assume, you know, based on the appearance of something, that it's one way, uh, and maybe even accuse, but then be corrected. Um, and I don't know that I always have Eli's heart to then <laughs> go forward right. and bless somebody right. afterwards. Um I hope I maybe grow in that over time, but I would say that uh, my my response isn't always to to change my thoughts on it, and then you know bless her, and basically that's uh, God using Eli to bring about the birth of Samuel, right. you know, and just saying may that be so for you, um, as the power of I guess like kind of a high priest, I guess he is. Um, that he would have, you know, to speak that blessing over her. I also thought it was um, comforting. Maybe that's not quite the right word, but how he did say the blessing over her, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And he doesn't know what she's asked of him. I mean, that we know from the passage, but, um, and when he says those, those words to her, her heart is, I'm trying to find it, her heart is lifted and she's, she goes away 
no longer downcast is what my version says. And she ate something. So our words have power, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that is really what that passage is going for, but um, just the fact that he said those things to her and, you know, uplifted her, made her happy. (laughs) Right. That is, you know, I did catch that, like, okay, so he said those things and then it seems like almost immediately she was happy and um, exclaiming and eating. And I thought the same thing, like, but those are some powerful words. And like you said, he didn't know what she was praying about, didn't know what she was anguished about. Um, But he clearly saw a broken heart, a broken spirit. Um, And so he spoke life into her. Um, So I think that's cool that you caught that too, that there's the power of words, Mm -hmm. you know, what he said just seemed to change her perspective. Um, Of course, he was saying that may the God grant your request, you know, and she knew what her request was. So um, she had every hope that, um, and maybe trust in God at that point that he was going to make that happen for her. Yeah. Was there anything else that you caught in that? Or are there any stories that you could kind of tie to or relate to um, the story as you reflected on Hannah and her position? Um, well, I have something written down, but I don't know what I meant. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not very it. helpful. Um, I didn't really have anything else that I got that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, in my life, I have definitely had times where I've weeped bitterly, um, as you know, the Bible had said, and, um, not that you ever get over those things, but you learn from them and, um, you know, you just, you grow and you have faith. Um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, um. Like this is the message of perseverance, right? Mm-hmm. By Hannah to year after year. It says year after year they went. Yeah. Year after year she was taunted by this woman. Um, and yet she still went and she still went before the Lord and wept bitterly. I don't know if she did that every year, but this story she did. Um, so I think there's value in persistently, you know, with perseverance, laying it before God and weeping bitterly. Um and knowing that he sees, you know, I mean, it, we see that in kind of in the finality of it, right? So she goes and sleeps with her husband after they get back from that journey. Um, and then she ends up getting pregnant. And then it says the Lord remembers her, you know, at that time, remember, remembers her plea. Um, and then obviously blesses her with a son um, who she names Samuel which means um, God has heard, or um, another version of it would be requested of God. Hmm. Um, And I just, I think it's cool how Bible times they use names that have like meanings, you know, I don't think we do that so much today, but um, I just thought it was cool that, you know, the Lord remembered her plea, Hmm. you know, he doesn't forget. Um, Sometimes we forget, you know, that we were weeping bitterly or that we were asking God, begging and pleading, um, 
because we kind of grow tired of asking, I think, sometimes. Um, but here it says that the Lord remembered her plea and that she went before him repeatedly with that. Um, Persistence. Yeah. It's a good, good quality. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, One thing that just popped into my head, and I don't know if you know, but why why cutting hair? Why, why wouldn't they want? Yeah. Like she said she would never cut his hair. What significance is that? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who was it? Um, was it Sam Samson in the Bible yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like he had his yeah. strength because... Because he had long hair. He had long hair. Yeah. Obviously a cultural thing, yeah. you know, and you think like the long beards and the long hair for Jewish men, like that just always a picture I have. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. That I just popped know. into my head. <laughs> that is an interesting. We'll have to um, look into that and maybe come back with that later in the week. Um, see if we can figure out what the, the significance of long hair is. I know that in today's day and age, there seems to be a lot of young men with long hair. So maybe they're bringing back maybe that culture and <laughs> tradition. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh. Well, I think we are um, close on time here. So I would like to wrap it up for the day. Um, and I don't have any uh, special blessing. If you've listened before, I tried to have a new and different standard than the standard blessing. Um, I don't have that today. So uh, I'm going to close this out with the um, traditional blessing from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May you all have a blessed Monday and we hope to um, be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.